You're listening to the ESP, the European Skeptics Podcast, an independent weekly show in support of European level actions within the skeptical movement. The ESP is run by individuals representing different skeptical groups from across the continent. This is episode number 107. I'm your host, Andras Pinter, and joining me for the show are my co-hosts, Jelena Levin and Pontus Böckmann. Sziasztok! Всем привет! Hey son, hey son! Hola, everyone! Hello! Oh, the Ooh. first episode recorded in uh, 2018. Oh, happy New gosh. Year! Happy, yeah, new- happy New Year, everyone! Happy, happy New Year! Actually, that's not true, because we interviewed uh, Brian Dunning on the 2nd of yeah, January. Yeah, me and Pontus oh. did so, so much more than you so, did this year already, yeah. Andres. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, that must be true. I really loved the interview. The only thing I hated about it is that I was not part of the team uh, interviewing Brian. Well, you were invited, so... so. I know, and I, I, I was <laughs> trying my best to make it, but obviously that was the only night that everything went off schedule. So That's all right. Oh, hated it. We understand. You, you're, uh, your job is pretty demanding. I know. It probably pays <laughs> better than this gig, as, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it does. It, it, it does in Hungarian terms, so I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah, oh, that's, that's all you need to know. Oh, but uh, it's been quite a year, and uh, there is a lot to look forward to this year, right? Mm-hmm, yes. But, yeah, are you going to tell us all about things that we need to be looking forward to? <laughs> uh, well... Or um, some of the things, I, maybe I just not all read, I just read a very, <laughs> very interesting article, you know, uh, there are those uh, fact-checking organizations and, um, um, and journalism organizations who are doing mm-hmm. some fact-checking, and one of them is pointer.org, mm-hmm. and uh, they released an article on uh, towards the end of December uh, with the title, What to Expect from Fact-Checking in 2018. And there are a lot of interesting things um, uh, there. Uh, so that's mostly um, some kind of um, uh, predictions, um, but a, a lot of things are based on what trends we are seeing. So um, I'm I'm afraid some of them are going to turn out to be very accurate predictions. Mm-hmm. So um, there are seven points. Um, they made out of out of the the things that they wanted to to tell us and first of uh, the, the the first uh, is that political consultants will increasingly help craft fake news campaigns so because of politicians having realized uh the potential in spreading fake news unfortunately uh, political consultants will be doing that so so that must be increasing in the coming month especially with all those elections going on mm-hmm. you probably mm-hmm. heard mm-hmm. you've probably heard that uh, hungary is going to elect um in april uh, hopefully in april uh, but uh, it's a recent a recent piece of news that uh, uh, there are going to be elections in march in italy mm-hmm. so uh that's that's going to be a, a huge thing mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's worrying because um, the just a normal layperson who reads headlines, sometimes not even the article, will probably be uh, affected on some level by fake news cycles in those yeah. countries. And yeah, yeah. The, the, the grabbing headlines, you know, that he or she will read on the internet and then discuss with friends, you know, will affect the... Uh, and put decisions. that together with with people like uh, like Silvio Berlusconi in in mm-hmm. Italy, who owns a lot of media organizations, and that's a huge power. And actually, he might be coming back. <laughs> so that is how old that is, is he now? Ninety five or? And uh, no, I th- I think he's seventy six. Not more but than that. I thought no. he was older. <sighs> there must be somebody younger and uh, better and. More there, but there is, but not as not as popular. <laughs> so that's, when did it become kind of all about being popular but not being qualified? Ah, oh well, mm-hmm. you can yeah. see it all over the world. And uh, there are other things that um, don't really sound very promising and positive. Like uh, the point that they make is that efforts to legislate against online misinformation will fail, and will keep failing. 
and we've seen it all over the place. So it's very difficult it, to do. It, it so is difficult. I, yeah. yeah. And uh, obviously, the emergence of uh, more and more fact checking and and um, organizations will will happen. Uh, they they will try to to combat misinformation. But the the other thing is that they expect, and I think we can all expect to see more real life data on how misinformation and and uh, um, the fact checking on misinformation. Uh, works and impacts society so uh, we might be able to understand the problem better which is mm. uh, which is quite good and um, they expect collaborative fact-checking projects to boom in the future and uh, yeah we keep mentioning uh, Trump and the Trump era uh, in the US but they expect Americans to change the way they talk about media credibility and polarization. Mm. And that is something that I don't necessarily... I haven't checked all the articles that they mention um, to, to back that statement up, but uh, I kind of doubt that. Mm. So I still don't think that, that the US is at a tipping point in that regard. Ch- I mean, change it in what way? Losing trust changing or...? In a positive way, so that they will try to move towards the, the solution. Yeah, yeah. No, but, well... Uh, well. All the, you know, the, the all hang, uh, depends on one thing. Do people want tr- real news or do th- are they happy with the fake news? Exactly, that's a, that's a That's the problem, because I think a lot of people are happy with with fake news and they call it correct news because that's they because it, that's, that's exactly what i was going to say that's because they think it's real news they yeah, don't think it's no fake. it's not because of that it, it because it's that's the kind of news that make that confirms what they would like to hear the confirmation so that's bias, why yeah. they believe it's true because you know mm. it's confirmation bias so they they have no incentive yeah to 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 fight it and that's exactly. the problem yeah exactly. otherwise it wouldn't so, have been a problem yeah that's that's why i i have my doubts about this statement. yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, yeah. So ha- I so, think it's hard to stay positive. <laughs> yeah, but we 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 still have to. And, All right. Uh, we we still have have to be very optimistic about about what we can do and and keep trying. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Pontus, mm-hmm. did you have a prediction or something? I have a prediction. It's uh, it's probably rather obvious. I think that. What we will see in Europe this year is the the arrival of the next uh, uh, pseudo thing, the new, next hyped thing, hippie thing from California. And what am I thinking about? Do you think the cannabis? The cannabis? No, cannabis is oh. well. Cannabis isn't really fake. Well. <laughs> is it? Is it somehow connected to anti-vaccination? No, no, uh, it's worse even. Uh, well, it's, uh, no, no, it's, no, it's not worse, but it's more stupid. And that's it's... the trend of raw water. Oh yeah! Oh, oh yeah! Oh no! Yeah, yeah, Don't yeah, say yeah. that. I'm sure we will see that. We will see that. You know, they sell. You know, it's like ten dollars per liter for water who's dirt that is dirty because you don't want to have things that have gone through the filtration, artificial water. You don't want that. You want to drink right out of a lake, all bacteria and all. That's what you want. Mm. No, no, yeah. no, 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 stupid not. thing I've ever heard. And I'm sure we will see it here soon. That's my prediction. Well, I ain't buying that shit, so. <laughs> no, well. You know, uh, what I suggest uh, those people to do is uh, to try raw water in Asia. Like in Thailand. <laughs> If you want to kill yourself, <laughs> yeah. yeah, try it. Please try it. <laughs> if you want to die in, in terrible pain, yeah. please try try water yeah. from. Oh. Yeah, it's so stupid. I can't. I can hardly believe it. You know, it's it's a typical. It's a very typical example of the of the stupidity that comes with civilization when you have. Well, we'll your s- life is too easy. We'll uh, see. You are. You are making up the silliest things to to fear yeah. from, and yeah. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and, they, and a lot of these things, yeah. you know, raw food and pe- paleo food and other things, I think may have started out as genuinely people trying to figure out something good and just being very wrong about it. This raw water trend, I am sure somebody sat down and said, "Hmm, how can we capitalize on this?" stupid trend of people being stupid i know 
raw food is a thing. What else yeah. is raw? Yeah, we yeah. can invent raw. <laughs> what else yeah. is raw? Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, it's a brilliant way of making a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, I'm right. sure. Well, sure that's what it is. Yeah. It'll... Yeah. <laughs> we, we should probably get on this uh, wagon, eh? Just yeah. We're too honest. Water. We're too honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, mm-hmm. Talking about honest. Um, mm. There is one person who who changed his mind and and keeps writing brilliant books. Uh, I have two predictions to make about Edzard Ernst <laughs> for this year. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think it's going to be uh, predictions per se, but yeah. <laughs> carry on. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, don't spoil it for me, please. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, well, we are pretty sure because it has already been published. I mean, the fact that the the, the books are going to be released that uh, Edzard Ernst is coming out with two new books this year. Hooray! Mm-hmm. Um, one yeah, of them great. is uh, titled "Scam: So-Called Alternative Medicine." Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's a good abbreviation. It is. I, like I, like, I like. I like the way he, he <laughs> yeah. put it. Yeah. So do I. Well, I don't think it, it needs a further explanation as to what the content mm. might be, but the fact that it's written by Edzard Ernst, uh, one thing is for sure that it's going to be well researched, and uh, based on if if you have read Scientist in One, a uh, Scientist in Wonderland. Um, I'm expecting mm. it to be written in a in a very nice way. I mean, uh, linguistically and literature-wise. So it's um, it's a good read. Um, so I'm expecting this one to be a good read as well. Mm. And it it uh, it's coming out on June the first, two thousand eighteen. So um, it's a bit further out, but uh, yeah, still something to look forward to. And the other thing is um, another book. That is published by Springer, which is one of the, the greatest book publishers out there. And uh, the book's title is More Harm Than Good, mm-hmm. The Moral Maze of Complementary and Alternative Medicine. It's co-written with Kevin Smith. And um, I don't think that leaves a lot of questions either as to what it offers in terms of content. Great. Right. So that is something else to look forward to. And it's coming out... On February the fourth, oh. two thousand eighteen. Oh, so soon. So it's then. it's very close. Mm. Yeah. Good. Mm. Yeah, and they are both coming out in English apparently. Mm. Great. So that's another good news. Mm-hmm. So kids, learn English if you don't know it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Especially if you've been listening to this show for about two years and you still don't know English. We're doing pretty good. <laughs> uh, please keep trying. Please keep trying. <laughs> We are um, trying as well. <laughs> yeah. That's why we're doing the show. We learn okay. uh, new words every day. Yeah, um, exactly. So I have a something to also mention. It's to do with the mentioning of uh, Peter Bogosian coming to Europe a few episodes ago. Ooh. I'm not actually sure because I wasn't following that up. Um, I'm assuming he's still coming. And... Um, we kind of sort of gave gave a general shout out to any organizations who want to collaborate with him and bring him on and get him to sp- speak, etc. What I haven't mentioned at the time is um, is a controversy that Peter Bogosian was part of by writing a paper called The Conceptual Penis with his um, colleague, uh, James Lindsay. And they both um, co-written this paper and uh, it was a hoax paper that they planned on publishing in a um, leading uh, gender studies magazine that they failed to do because the magazine they ended up publishing it in was paid to publish magazine. So it wasn't leading. You can just write in your thing and they'll accept it and... um, they, but they basically haven't really proven what they set out to prove with this paper. It's a very lengthy thing yeah. that, to get into. I think they wanted to prove that the whole gender studies study field is invalid. Well, maybe not invalid, but has got some real issues with the papers that they're churning out um, because their paper was re- uh, accepted so easily. Yeah. But it wasn't because it wasn't accepted by a leading journal. So it, it's got published in, in a in a, a journal. And I think... Yeah, the problem wasn't the idea, etc. The problem was that once they had it, they didn't get it published. They did have to pay to get it published. And then... Correct. They... they uh, 
they said this proves that uh, yeah. this field the, is full of bullshit, but it actually it, it didn't might. because they so, had to pay so, to, to get it published. So. Yeah, and I really am not a specialist in gender studies field. Uh, uh, field. I don't know if it's uh, full of rubbish studies it might be full of rubbish studies but what their study didn't prove that they what they wanted to prove and when they finally were brought to when this criticism was brought to them and uh, i've listened to a couple of the interviews with uh, Lindsay and bogosian and uh, and they really haven't they didn't see it that way and they haven't been able to address any of the real uh, you know critical <laughs> comments and, and it was a little bit of sh- a bit of a shame because obviously if they are critical thinkers and skeptics they should be able to look at their what they've done and you know put their hand up and say okay well maybe in this instance that's not quite what we achieved but you know whatever but they haven't done it and i can imagine that it's, it's probably really hard to do and uh, you know all the other things that might be involved in terms of reputation but that's the uh, controversy. And if anybody wants to read more, there's yeah. much more information online. Um, from me personally, I want to add that I think the fact that they fail to be good skeptics in this instance is an unfortunate fact. And but it is a fact. And if you, if anybody who looks into the situation, they'll probably realize that that's what happened. They just failed to apply critical thinking and see where they went wrong however i i don't think that they should be deplatformed and uninvited and not listened to because the work that peter bagosian did is still valid in, in terms of what he written in the past the manual of creating atheism atheists um and the talks that he offers in his field and his uh, uh expertise is still valid um and i think we should still be listening to what he's got to say in his field and challenging him hmm? further and seeing if he comes to his senses. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's how I feel about it. Yeah, I agree. Um, because I think deplatforming everybody who we don't agree with. No, people make mistakes and people do, do not... We don't always agree, but, you know, we can criticize people and still realize that some things that they've done is very good. So yeah. And especially skeptics should not look at the world in a binary fashion. No, black so, or white, no. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like... Yeah, people do make mistakes and... Um, we don't necessarily agree. Um, I, I can relate to um, people not necessarily wanting to be around others if they they keep being jerks or or that kind of stuff. But professional mistakes that have been made, whatever. Let's go on, and uh, move move on. Try to to leave it behind us, and uh, yeah, but make sure that it's it's being corrected, and that's that's all. All right. All right. So thanks very much for all of them who um who contacted us and criticized uh what was said on the show. It's something that we encourage everyone to keep doing in 2018 as well. So uh please get in touch. Please interact with us um in any ways possible and if you want to do that, you can uh, either email us, and our email address is info at theesp.eu. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at espodcast underscore eu. You can go on our website, and the website is theesp.eu, and complete a form there, or follow us on Facebook. If you get our podcast via iTunes, please don't forget to read review. It helps us reach more people. And we haven't mentioned the, the the calendar for a while, but it's still there. If you go to our the the esp.eu and go to the events in Europe page, we still update the the calendar. You can see what's going on there. Uh, if you like what we're doing, please feel free to go to Patreon uh, slash the esp and uh, uh, pledge to give us a euro or so for every episode we release. It would be much appreciated certainly all righty all right uh guys let's move on because uh there is a whole episode uh, ahead of us to do so um let's start with this week in skepticism and uh let's hear what yelena has prepared for us for this week (laughs) 
so before I speak about somebody who is relevant to this week's um this week in skepticism episode um I want to just quickly give a shout to one of our listeners who got in touch with us um after I've I've talked about Nostradamus a couple of weeks ago and um I will cover this email um on our next episode so stay tuned <laughs> All right, so let's get to this on this week. Um, and I want to talk about somebody who was um, born on the 11th of January, 1906. Um, it's, it's a fascinating person. Um, and he was Albert Hoffman, who was born in Baden, Switzerland. He was a Swiss scientist, um, scientist best known uh, for being first person who synthesized Lysergic acid diethylamide, uh, otherwise known as LSD. Ah, so he actually came across it by a complete uh, accident. He was just working with some fungus on rye or something in the lab. As, as you do, yeah. And as you do. <laughs> as and, you um, do yeah. and a bit of this fungus <laughs> got on his skin and possibly his eyeball. I have no idea how that happened. And uh, on his in his mouth. And then he had a trip, as an LSD trip, like a hallucination mm-hmm. kind of thing and then he was like "Ooh, well that's interesting and so the next week he figured out what happened and next week he um came back to the lab and did a full-blown lsd first lsd acid trip recorded in history and um at that at that point did he actually know that it was a new substance yeah or... yeah, yeah yeah absolutely okay so absolutely. so he did he did know what was going on that it... yeah he's he, he knew what was going on he knew it was a drug that altered um uh, your uh, conscious state amazing yeah so he wanted to to um experiment with it and and, and research it okay but um it's it is known as one of the most potent mind-altering psychedelics drugs that, that exist out there to, today um and he always maintained that lsd was an important tool for investigating human consciousness um but unfortunately as acid became popular as a street drug in, in 1960s it got misused quite a lot and uh, mm. criminalized all over the world, starting from U- U.S. and then and then Europe and other countries. Um, and Hoffman worked for the rest of his life trying to rehabilitate the drug, arguing that um, it had the ability to advise the uh, to advance the human spiritual condition. Um, he said that he produced the substance as a medicine, and it's not uh, his fault that people abused it. But that's the human nature, isn't it? Um, oh yeah. And um, I haven't. Well, so when I read about the LSD, I mean, we all heard about it. I've n- I've never tried LSD myself personally. Um, I am. I know people who have, and when I read about it, it, it didn't actually have many side physical side effects. It doesn't. You don't get addicted to it. Um, you don't get any damage in terms of like actual physical damage to your body when you take it. The only thing that happens to you if you get a bad trip, it can really screw your mind. So like mentally, you can be a little bit damaged. That, that is a bad effect. Mm. Yeah, which is like it's not really physiological, but it's something that happens to you mentally. I, I don't. I don't remember the story that Susan Blackmore told us. Yeah. Uh, whether it involved LSD per se, but ah. but it was some kind of a psychedelic drug. Yes, she. Did, yeah, yeah she that that actually set her on this yeah. this journey of investigating paranormal activity. I think it might it might have been DMT or it, well, it does. Yeah, one of the mind altering ones. But the, the the problem with LSD, well, one of the problems with LSD is if a, a person takes LSD, he or she cannot predict whether they're going to have a good or a bad trip. So oh, yeah. it's just like a flip of a coin. Is it? I mean, is it really? Or it's just not well understood yet well and this is the, the thing with lsd because it's been forbidden and um the experiments with with lsd i think there was a, 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 a sort of a, a flurry of research um some time ago allowed a very limited amount of research allowed on patients like cancer patients with the late states stages of cancer dying patients, and they were allowed to then experiment on those patients to see what the effects are. But I don't think enough research was done to even 
know if there's a way to control the effects of LSD, if there's a way to know whether you're going to have a good or a bad trip, and um, whether there's actual real benefits to taking it. Hmm. Some psychologists believe that there, there is actual, that potentially it can be very useful in treating certain, certain mental conditions. So I found uh, an article that talks about PTSD disorder, treating that. But um, because this drug is so heavily regulated by the government, it's hard to do anything with it, which is a bit of a shame. I'm, I'm not advocating for drugs. Kids don't do drugs. Drugs are bad for you. But um, or at least don't pay for it. I'm, Become a star and, and then, then you get, get it for course. free. Yeah. Um, but uh, what I'm advocating for is re- drug research, you know. Any drug re- uh, deserves a good research and... Um, I think LSD is one of those that hasn't really his its potential hasn't been um, fully explored, mm. and a lot of people are still very skeptical about uh, about it. But then a lot of people who did uh, take LSD swear by it, and they say it, it was the most profound life changing experience, in a good way. There you go. And this dude, um, Alan Hoffman, he died very recently in two thousand and eight, and he was hundred and two years old. So he lived a really long life and he's been taking LSD for most of his life and having all the wonderful trips as well as bad trips, I'm sure. Um, The mere uh, fact that it's called a trip tells you how important it is in in altering your your state of mind. Yeah, and one of his books, one of his early books he wrote um, was called My Prob- LSD, My Problem Child. <laughs> so he, he, knew, he knew the problems with it, but he also felt quite strongly about some of the benefits that it might bring to the humanity. All right. But he, he, here we go. Um, like I said, don't do drugs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you very much, Yelena. All right. So... Uh, let's move on to our news items. The first one of ones of those in 2018. All right, so we will start in Sweden with a couple of uh, news items. We have first a follow-up regarding the Macarini scandal, uh, which we have mentioned several times in the past. Mm-hmm. And for listeners who have not followed this or are not aware, Paolo Macchiarini was the surgeon who inserted artificial plastic tracheas covered with stem cells into three patients uh, who all later have died. The scandal is that he performed research fraud to get uh, permission to do this. And of course, then, of course, the scandal was that he actually did do these very dangerous operations. Macchiarini has lost, of course, his position with Karolinska Institutet, who was the, the institute that, that uh, employed him. And to their shame, Karolinska Institutet's shame, they tried to cover up the whole thing. Anyway, that was the scandal. And the last time we mentioned him was uh, on episode 101, where the news was that the criminal investigation against him were, were dropped. Yeah. Well, that has now changed again after appeals from two uh, relatives and from three other unnamed persons. So we will see what that uh, where this goes. In addition, he is under investigation for another criminal offense, and that is cruelty against animals, which has been discovered by studying the way he did the original research. He kept nine rats alive much too long after they got the same treatment. He operated on them. They couldn't eat, so they basically starved to death and he didn't put them out in time. So uh, we will see. Um, The the, the interesting thing is that the evidence against Macchiarini is in his own research papers. So we will see where this ends up and we will, of course, follow this up uh, later on. Okay. I'm glad this is happening. So now, now the balance of the universe is trying to to, mm-hmm. to come back with Macchiarini being prosecuted. I mean, I'm I'm not being mean to him. It's just the way it should be. It was very surprising that the the, yeah. the news that he would not be prosecuted. I think yeah, it was yeah, yeah. very very strange. Yeah. Another news item from Sweden is about uh, measles, of course. Uh, so we have. Uh, Uh, measles epidemic in Sweden. I mentioned it uh, on episode 105. That's two weeks ago. Uh, There were 
eight new cases of measles connected to Salgrenska Hospital in Gothenburg after an unvaccinated man with measles came into the emergency ward there. Well, unfortunately, but predictably, the number of cases have now grown to 18 cases. And it's probably far from over. One employee at the hospital who has been infected have been in possible contact with nine, uh, 69 newborn babies between being infected and being diagnosed. This person was working at uh, the maternity ward and was not vaccinated. Got the measles and have now potentially um, infected newborn babies. And of course, newborn babies has not had time to, to get any vaccination yet. But they are now being treated uh, uh, preemptively, not with mac va with vaccines, but apparently there are other things, uh, other things you can do. And the babies so far are not w uh, among those 18 who are, have been infected. One of the 18 new, well, one of the newer infected uh, 18 people came uh, showed up at the emergency ward again. Oh, oh not again! It wasn't the same person and then potentially exposed new patients to this uh, disease. So you see how this goes. And measles are very, very uh, contagious. And, and you, it is, yeah. you, it, it's enough to be in the same room with somebody to contract the disease. So now they've had to put out guards at the emergency ward to pre-screen people who come there. And if they show any sign of measles, they go in a special queue. So um, it's really, I mean, it's a mess. So, and also it just sparked um, a discussion about mandatory vaccination in Sweden. We, we mentioned this many times before. I'm still not uh, convinced that that's a good idea because I don't think, I think it's counterproductive. I don't think it helps to have it mandatory. But um, I do think that health professionals absolutely have to be vaccinated mm -hmm. you can't be working in a maternity ward without being vaccinated so for them i absolutely think it should be mandatory uh, yeah we'll see how this goes i'm afraid we will have to come back to this uh, in the future mm -hmm. and we can have that discussion again about the mandatory versus voluntary vaccination yeah. because um, if people just don't have a clue they don't understand the whole system what else have you got as an option? As they to... shouldn't be given a choice. Well, but that's my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't disagree with that sentiment. The the why I'm not for it is because I don't think it helps people. It, I think what happens is that people will bury their heads in the sand, yeah. avoid it anyway, and then you will don't know who's vaccinated because they will fake their. Uh, uh, their uh, records and saying I am vaccinated when they're not the blah 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 and it will also uh, fuel the conspiracy theory I don't oh, yeah. I've seen yeah. I've seen at least one report that showed no good correlation between high vaccination rates and mandatory vaccination mandatory vaccination did not lead to higher vaccination rates and that's why I'm against it anyway okay topic for another show I think because mm. I also have good news from Sweden, or fun hey, news from Sweden. Well, Yay! Good, 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 good. And that is uh, that the Swedish skeptics, VOF, of which I am the vice president. Part of, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have announced uh, the awards for uh, 2017. So we have two awards. First is the positive award for best science educator. It goes to Emma Franz, who is a doctor of epidemiology, who is tirelessly tweeting, blogging and publishing articles uh, in one of Sweden's largest new newspaper. She talks about how to separate false information from correct and uh, she debunks common health myths, health myths. The prize is accompanied with a cash award of 25,000 Swedish kroner, which is about uh, 2,500 euros. Wow, that's not bad. So, no, that's, that's nice. It got, it got, it got some... Uh, uh, recognition in the newspapers as well. I think it's good. Uh, it's good also for for the skeptic movement to sh to show a bit. Yeah. Also, we have an anti uh, award or misleader of the year award, 
And that goes to the Nordic e-commerce company and chain of boutiques called Life. Life is the largest provider of so-called alternative and complementary products and substances in the Nordic countries. And they have a yearly turnover of about 200 million euros. They sell everything from multivitamins to colloidal silver to fluoride-free toothpaste, all with very dubious and misleading health claims. Uh, nothing on their website is anything that I would deem necessary to have, and some of <laughs> it is clearly harmful. Oh. Uh, all the descriptions of their products uh, are balancing very th- on a very thin line towards what's legal or not. And in some cases, it's actually even funny. Uh, one exa- example is that colloidal silver, which cannot be sold, uh, cannot be sold as a something that you can ingest. That's that's forbidden. So they market it as a cleaning agent, uh, but it was also marketed as being gluten-free, GMO-free, and vegan. <laughs> What's in it then? <laughs> it's water and silver. Water and silver. Ah, okay. Is it raw water or? <laughs> no, I, don't, I hope not. Yeah. Don't give them ideas. Don't give them ideas. <laughs> so it's sold as a cleaning agent because there are some, there's some evidence that if you use it to wipe off uh, tables and stuff, you can kill some bacteria with the silver content that's in there. Uh, but why should a cleaning agent need to be labeled vegan or gluten-free unless you want to consume it, right? And uh, there has yeah. also been... It's consumerism uh, for you. Yeah. And also, on, su- on some of the, the the bottles on the back, it says how you should dilute it and be- prepare it for use. And then it ends with... Uh, and then it's ready to drink. What? Oh, what? Oh, what? Yes, it actually says so on the label. And it's not sold as something you should drink. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. So they got the the... the Misleader of the Year award, and of course that got quite some some uh, uh, attention in the alternative. So it got it got picked up by the by the or, or, uh, the alternative world. Yes, they they were mm. not happy with this at all, of course, and they you know and tried to say we are of course bought by blah 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 and, and all of that. See, basically, that's the point, right? Uh, to piss them off. Yeah, exactly. It, it's funny that they always talk <laughs> about uh, it's all about money and we're, you know, big pharma money. And so, and this company is, is uh, tur- turnover is 200 million euros per year. So, Oh, my God. That's uh, a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Well, that's about one third of uh, that of, uh, of Boiron. Yeah. I think. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. All right. Nice. So that's the news from Sweden today. I really, I'm, I'm still trying to convince the board of my organization to establish such a such a prize, mm-hmm. and uh, they still don't see the the the, the point in doing it. Uh-huh. So um, even if even if it's just the media attention that you get from it, it's worth doing it. I think so. I think so. Yeah. You can you can somehow control the yeah, the, and you the, don't have to award any discourse. money if if it's if that's the problem. You don't have to award any money. Just the 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 honor would be fine to to appoint somebody who's doing something very good and somebody who's doing something very bad. Yeah, it's like the Occam's Award. Yeah, it's yeah, it's still considered very prestigious within the society of the Society of Skeptics, yeah. but uh, the community of skeptics. But on the other hand, it got quite a bit of coverage uh, that Goob got the yes, the, it did the, yeah. the rusty razor. So right, all right. I'd like to get back to the topic of uh, diseases and uh, how to fight diseases, and especially vaccination. When I tell you that Facebook might be possible to be used uh, to find out whom to target um in a in a targeted vaccination scheme what would you say (laughs) (laughs) to find people who who needs to be vaccinated you mean oh yeah oh yeah Uh uh-huh uh-huh does uh it sound silly enough yeah well uh, it sounds plausible 
Okay, so uh, there was an article published uh, in the Journal of the Royal Society Interface in the UK, and uh, it uh, was written by uh, Danish and American researchers uh, with the title Optimizing Targeted Vaccination Across Cyber Physical Networks, an empirically based mathematical simulation study. So what they did, uh, they brought together two things. First of all, is it's the, the societal concept of uh, how people interact with their, their own communities, online and offline. Um, they found that those who act as kind of a hub on their online presence, the, the, the same thing happens to them offline. So, so like, um, if people interact with a lot of people online on Facebook, and they have a lot of Facebook friends, they tend to be much more socially active in real life as well. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that's the first point that they uh, um, use as a starting point. The other thing was the the concept of uh, herd immunity. And the, the hypothetical situation was that Okay, we have a, a situation, we have an epidemic, and we need to vaccinate people to, to prevent the epidemic from spreading or happening, but we don't have enough shots. So we don't have enough of the vaccines. So what do we do? So for herd immunity, it, it depends on what the, the actual disease is because uh, the, the way of spreading, um, uh, how contagious it is, um, and, and how the vaccine works, um, it, it, it varies from vaccine to vaccine. But the other thing is that to achieve herd immunity, you basically can do uh, such a thing as a targeted vaccination. So if you find those hubs in a society and a community who are most likely to spread the disease because of their social interactions, mm -hmm. you, can tr you can slow down the spreading of the disease and you can actually prevent it from, from being caught by others. Mm. Which is an interesting idea and it's a very long article. Uh, but the, the conclusion is that uh, it probably um, can actually work. So they, the, the, the most important finding they had was based on the different st structures of, of disease transmission mechanisms, it, it can be used, the cyber networks can be used as a basis for targeted mm -hmm. vaccination. No, I see what, what, what you're talking about. So if, if you have a you know, uh, somebody living alone in a hut in the woods, you don't have to vaccinate him yeah. because he doesn't infect, infect anybody else and he probably doesn't get it from anybody else either because he doesn't have any social... Exactly. So sad news, he doesn't have any <laughs> friends. So, yeah. But people who are interacting with a lot of people, those are more important to vaccinate. Yeah, I can see that. That that's, makes sense. And I'm, I'm going to read up um, a sentence from the conclusion, which is very surprising. It says, we find that using cyber-based targeting strategies can dramatically decrease final outbreak size, even when vaccine coverage in the targeted population is realistically low, around 20%. Mm -hmm. Now, put that together with, with how high, in some cases, how high the vaccination rate has to be in order to achieve herd immunity. Mm. So, like 80 to 90%. Mm. So, when you put those two together... A twenty percent vaccine coverage rate is very low, mm. and it can still in this in this uh, cyber-based model, it still can work if it's the right twenty percent. Yeah. it may work. Okay, exactly. That's interesting. So uh, this is why targeted vaccination is uh, has been around for for a long time. It's yeah. just, I mean, I mean, this the, is just as a an idea, new way of and, uh, doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. amazing, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's um, it's not necessarily a skeptical topic, but uh, why I wanted to mention it is because it's uh, a way to try to tackle the issue of the of of yeah low vaccination rates. Yeah. So this is a UK news item, mm -hmm. um, published on the website of our friend Edzard Ernst. Uh, with a very telling um, 
article heading that the cancer industry is a medical conspiracy against humanity. We, so I think we all have met someone who has said uh, something along the lines of those cancer researchers, they have the cure for cancer, but um, they don't let it out on the market and let people and die because conspiracy. Mm. Which is a very, really sad and horrifying statement at the same time about people. Um, and if people really do have the cure for cancer, then I don't know. Um, but anyways, so this this one uh, is just uh, feeding into the whole um, conspiracy theory around um, cancer cures. And it's down to a case that's been um, covered in a British journal case study um, of a lady in her 50s uh, who had a specific type of cancer um, that was kind of coming and going and none of the treatments were working but she started taking a supplement um, which was um, essentially a turmeric supplement um, and her condition stabilized and she has been stable for five years um Th this story has got its complexities um and it's a state uh, case study it's not it's not a variety of studies or research or anything like that and uh reading through the actual um case study um on the um this website the conclusion is such that the the researchers who wrote this article say it's, it's talking about the fact that this needs more research and this needs more investigation. Yes, this is what happened to her, and that's one case in, in whatever. Uh, one case that's known to us about turmeric. Um, you know, let's not jump to any conclusions. Let's just see what's out there, what what kind of uh, other ways that turmeric can affect maybe patients or how it, it changes the way the body works or whatever. But of course, uh, certain certain advocates of the alternative medicine jumped um, uh, on this opportunity to shout, oh yeah, look, turmeric cures cancer, um, citing that one case. And um, I can see already uh, th there'll be some sort of uh, way to package the turmeric to sell it as a cure for various forms of cancer and um, as an alternative to chemotherapy and all sorts of uh, horrendous things happening. And I'm not saying the turmeric isn't good for you or at all, or, or anything, but uh, let's people let's just not get ahead of ourselves. Hmm. And and that's exactly what Edzard Stolzer talks about it in in his article as well. And these kind of stories do get uh, blown out of proportion and used by the alternative medicine supporters by saying, "Look, you know, I've got this look, look person." <laughs> but yes, let's research. Let's see if we can maybe even create some sort of medicine but let's not just go home and start eating turmeric by by spoonful hoping it's going to cure the cancer hoping hoping yeah. look look i <laughs> are <you> done <laughs> okay thanks <laughs> in germany there is a website uh, called siram or psiram uh, psiram.com I don't know exactly how it's supposed to be pronounced, but I would like to mention it because it turns 10 years uh, now. And it is a, a collection of interesting articles on irrational belief sy systems. So it is, this is something I didn't know about, to be honest, but it, sounds, it looks like a very interesting website. They have, it's mostly in German. There are 3,000 articles plus in, in German, but there are also 500 articles in, in French. 114 articles in English, some Italian and uh, Russian articles as well. So, uh, so we just want to say congratulations and keep the good uh, work up. And uh, maybe our listeners could go there and, and get some information as well, if you didn't know that it existed. Oh, yeah. Since we are in 2018 um, already, um, we we should um, still look back at uh, what others have done, and we haven't mentioned them. And uh, one of them is uh, Retraction Watch. 
Retraction Watch is um, a website where um, there is a, um, a large collection, a database, a massive database of uh, retracted scientific papers. It has almost 100,000 subscribers and it's it has a so it's a it has a massive follower base and uh, the the work they do is absolutely amazing and i'm i'm going to get to some statistics as well but uh, what retraction watch does is uh, they discuss uh why a certain um, paper got re- retracted uh from from a journal and uh and they do some follow up as well and from time to time they come up with um interviews explaining stuff and how science works and why retractions should be and has to be and have to be talked about so um, that's a very important work that they do so if you feel like it please uh, support their work but what they consider their greatest achievement and accomplishment in the year 2017 is the actual database that i i mentioned earlier that is a a really massive an absolutely massive database you can search on it you can look for stuff on it um and uh, we're gonna put the link uh, among the show notes uh, where you can find out about that actual database um please look around you can look and search for for different um uh, retraction reasons uh, authors countries titles and subjects so it's a very important tool for for skeptics out there and uh, now it includes 16000 retractions hmm. which which is amazing it's 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 a massive database but uh, let's see um all the all the statistics um, for Retraction Watch. The cumulative page views uh, since their launch, August 2010, has been 30 million. Mm. So th- they are really popular and they are being really followed by, by subscribers. 15,000 email alerts uh, are being sent out, but uh, the, the block subscribe, subscribers are close to 100,000. 29,000 Facebook likes and lots of followers, a lot, a lot of uh, followers on Twitter. So you can find them on Twitter as well. Please follow them in 2018. We do it from time to time. And uh, you have, if you've uh, followed the show in the last two years, um, you, you must have heard their name and... Um, and about the work that they do because from time to time when it's uh, a european thing if if it has a european angle then we tend to cover that as well this is um kind of a the international piece of news that's to do with a new new book that was published recently by richard harris called rigor mortis what's wrong with med science and how to fix it um and uh it's based on the article that harriet hall has written um on science-based medicine website so this book is not negative despite the (laughs) the title uh, but it does talk about um, some of the issues that um, modern science has which of course the uh, scientists themselves and researchers are aware mostly aware of and uh, how we can go about fixing it um some of the worrying numbers that have been cited um by this book are are things like out of potentially 53 groundbreaking studies um when they would try to be reproduce them um the only six were, were able to be reproduced um it reminds me Guys, do you remember during the European Skeptics Congress we had a talk about a re- replication um, crisis in um, psychology? I think mm-hmm. how a lot of studies in psychology were also in the same situation where they um, have a, a replication uh, crisis and it cannot be reproduced. So it's not just to do with psychology, but other studies as well. And twenty uh, percent of the studies have untrustworthy designs. Twenty-five use dubious ingredients. Eighteen percent of the time, scientists mishandle their data analysis. So there's a lot of things going on, um, and um, it just brings this book kind of brings it all together and addresses these issues. And 
sooner these issues can be aired and uh, talked about, sooner they can be resolved. Um, and hopefully scientists, being scientists, <laughs> um, coming across the new information, better information, they'll be able to change uh, their course and correct these um, uh, errors and um, problems. Well, one would, would hope so. I mean, the human... Uh, error is still going to exist and the biases are still going to be there but uh, we just have to be constantly aware uh, and it looks like it's going to be a very good read So, and that has been all we had to talk about in terms of news uh, to cover this week thank you very much Alrighty. and uh, I think we should move on to our really wrong segment because Pontus must have something very interesting for us this week Pontus has something very wrong. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yes, I do. Uh, I do have something really wrong here. Uh, uh, lots of people go bananas over the immigration situation in Europe. And, of course, it, there is problems with it. But there's also... also it feeds uh, xenophobia and it, uh, you know... It's very often exaggerated, and this leads, in turn, to some new sites creating sensationalist made-up news just to get more hits, because it panders to sentiments that people have. So I'm going to talk about one such example. That is conservativetribune.com, who uh, has published an article online about... And the header of the, the article is Animal brothels open in Germany as migrant population hits 22%. S so uh, that's, you know, fucking stupid fucking animals. article. Oh, <laughs> it, is a, it is about fucking animals. <laughs> and what they say is that uh, since all the immigration, immigrants are coming into Germany, uh, they are um, taking advantage of uh, animals and basically raping them in animal brothels all over the place. And uh, how people can even believe such things, I'm not really sure. Uh, but Snopes.com has looked into this. And, you know, even if you realize this is bunk, uh, it's very good with a, with a site like Snopes, who goes in and explain how this all came about. Because it's not, you know, it is wrong, and it's very wrong, but it's not totally made up. There are a grain of, uh, not truth, but there's a grain of uh, news into this that this news site have just put together and mashed up into something very sensationalist. The first thing is a Daily Mail article from 2013. It's a good start. Yeah, always go to Daily Mail if you can't get to conservative uh, conservativetribune.com. No, Daily Mail in, in 2013 ran a report, which was also wrong, uh, about how, how very lax animal protection laws in Germany uh, led to... Um, people taking advantage of animals and basically let you know open brothels for people to come and abuse uh, animals sexually this is was wrong then and it's wrong now but it's also interesting to see that that article had nothing to do with immigration it was uh, probably spawned by the fact that in 2013 uh, germany passed a law against uh, sex with am animals because it was probably just an oversight it's not very common with people who have sex with animals so there was no law against it in, in Germany and that was fixed in 2013 which probably and I'm speculating a bit now but it probably led to this article in the Daily Mail then three years passed and in 2016 there was another uh, uh, article from Reuters who is claimed to have said that 22% of Germany's population uh, are migrants. But that's not true. What they said was that the number of people with an immigrant background in Germany rose 8.5% uh, to record 
18 million people in 2016, largely due to an increase in refugees. And then it said just over a fifth of the population, 22%, that's the 22%, were first or second generation immigrants with at least one parent born without German citizenship. However, out of those uh, th that portion, most of the 22% who had foreign uh, parents, they were uh, uh, European uh, parents who, who came to Germany. So th this is the free market in, 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 in the EU that some people don't like, that people can migrate between the countries. It had nothing to do with the immigration wave from, from Syria and that thing that we've seen in 2015, 2016. Well, long story short, Conservative Tribune took those two unrelated things out of context and said that since we have now 22% of immigrants in, in Germany, that this has led to these animal brothels. All of it <laughs> totally bunk. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah, but I, I think it's a good thing to uh, this not a good thing this is a good thing to highlight because the internet is full of this kind of shit to be honest mm. Uh, mm. and this is an example so let this be an example of all the articles you see there all the headers you see there people sharing on facebook blah 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 most of the time when it looks outrageous like this it has no ground but still if you dig you have to dig a bit to find out where it came from yeah. So as a representative of this thing on the internet, the conservative tribune.com uh, gets today's prize for being really wrong. <laughs> it's well deserved again. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, very good. I can point out that this was sent in by listener Andras P. And uh, if you want to contribute <laughs> with a... Uh, uh, with a really wrong story, especially from uh, now this was Germany, but from other countries where I may not be or we may not be uh, quite literate. So uh, languages that we don't understand, please help us a bit. Send in this to info at the ESP dot EU and we will bring up those stories on the show. Yeah. Uh, do you know what a phone is? A fawn. F-A-U-N. F-A-U-N, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a mythical creature. Yeah. yeah, it's a mythological creature. It's a half human, half goat. Yeah. And in Naples, in the National Archaeological Museum of Naples... They have one. <laughs> no. Um, well, they have a statue of a fawn fucking a goat. Cla keep it classy, yeah. So that's in, in that was the picture. That was the picture in front of me while you were explaining this article yeah. and this this issue. <laughs> so um, yeah, and apparently, classy museum you 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 go to. Yeah, yeah, in Roman times, in Roman times, this was very common. Happened all the time. I'm not saying that, <laughs> but um, it was not considered that much of a sin. <laughs> as it, as it is now, <laughs> and especially with a with a fawn, mm. who's only half human. All right, so I think we should we should probably try to to close the show because it's it's getting really really long. Thank you very much, Pontus, um, mm -hmm. for for the segment. And in order for us to cl to close the show, I'd like to ask you, Yelena, to hit us with a quote. I have a quote today from Galileo Galilei, who used to be... Um, a dick. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> um, who used to be an Italian polymath. Does that mean he knew everything? No. Anyway. Um, <laughs> he didn't. And he was wrong. He was wrong in a lot of things. But, yeah, but uh, he knew a lot about knew a lot of different things. Yeah. I'm sure he did, yeah. But basically, I really like this quote, actually. Uh, and he said, I have never met a man so ignorant that I could not learn something from him. Mm. And I think... That's an interesting thought. I like that. We should, we, should we should think about it whenever we speak to people who don't necessarily agree or think that they may be yeah. wrong on certain things because there is always something that they know that we don't. Yeah. 
We'll, yeah. we should learn and we should try to learn absolutely I mean you know my I, I, I do actually sympathize with this and my example is so is that you can never know more about Bigfoot than a Bigfoot con- uh, expert he will know much more about Bigfoot than you do even if we know it's all bunk etc you will learn about <laughs> what he thinks so you can never <laughs> argue with him about Bigfoot, because he will always have more examples and more facts, so-called facts about it than you have. Mm, not sure if that's what he meant, but anyway. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Oh, uh, well, yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I mean, don't <laughs> let him convince you, but you can listen to what he has yeah. to say, because it's interesting in some way. Yeah. Actually, I'm. Uh, how I see this is that if someone explains a lot about a Bigfoot to you, that tells you a lot about his personality and um, and and the ways people can deceive themselves. Yes. So um, so self deception is something that you can learn about when when talking to someone like that. So it, the the statement still stands. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I fully agree. Fully agree. Yeah. 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 All right. Without any further ado, I think we should actually close the show. So I'd like to thank both of you, Yelena and Pontus, for joining me this week. Thank you. Thank you very much, guys. Been a pleasure and fun, as always. (laughs) And thanks to our listeners for tuning in. And until next week, when we come back with an interview, goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This has been your ESP experience. The show is produced and recorded by the ESP.eu. Join us again next time, but until then, please send your feedback, comments or death threats to info at the ESP.eu. We would also love to hear your ideas and suggestions regarding future episodes, as well as news from your country of residence that might interest others across the continent. If you have a local event or organization to promote, please don't hesitate to let us know, as we are more than happy to help. All music in the program was written and performed by Keisha J. Gray and George Rubb and is used with their permission. Please check out our webpage at www.theesp.eu, follow us on Twitter at espodcast.eu and like us on Facebook. I don't know how you can believe. Oh. What? Nothing. Nothing? I think we can we can just what? jump right into it. What? 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 Just a oh, moment. Shut up. Oh shut up. You shut up. Shut, shut up with your mouth. Face. Shut up with your face, sir. You know there's shut a song, up, yeah? Just shut up, shut up. Ooh, shut, shut up, up your face, sir. I have no idea. No, I'll, I'll okay. find it for you later. It's, I can't remember what it's called. Good, good. I think it's called Shut Up Your Face. <laughs> Would you mind shutting up, please? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, and the scandal is that he performed... Uh, the new scandal, really, is that he... Oh, sorry, it's not a new scandal. Okay, I don't agree. With old, no, I don't. I don't agree reloaded? with what I'm written here. So, oh, nice. You're arguing, you're arguing, arguing with yourself. With myself, yeah. Uh, <laughs> nice, nice. It wasn't the only scandal. Anyway, um, I wrote this a couple of days ago. I have to reconstruct it. Uh, who was the first to to uh... shit? What have I written? Do you want to hear about the gel that works better than Viagra? That's what's on my phone. <laughs> no. <laughs> Thanks for the information, Yelena. That's okay. okay. I don't know. They just invented this gel, and uh, it's part of my news cycle. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Let me. Pause. Please, let, please go on. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>